Me Dog Nation. Uh, this is Jeff Sintel. Uh, you guys know what we do about this time. Every Wednesday, we're a little late, one hour later today because we had a great special project uh, that we were taking care of a little bit earlier this evening. But um, I'm Jeff Sintel. We're going to spend the next, I don't know, 45 minutes or so talking about all things Georgia, Georgia football, Georgia recruiting. Uh, make sure to get those questions in on Dog Nation's YouTube channel and also on Dog Nation's Facebook page. I'm going to be your virtual tour guide on all things Georgia recruiting for the next 45 minutes or so. And, of course, our show is brought to you by those fine folks at Kroger. Um, I guess the first thing, let me make sure I say hello to everybody. First, forgive my manners. Uh, just got back from uh, holiday last week. Mike Anderson, how are you? Charles Kaiser, Miriam Martin Corbin. How are you doing, MMC? Miriam, I'm so, hard, so sad to see uh, about what's happening with your family land right around, I guess that's right around McEachern, I guess. But um, so sorry to hear that. Um, Kyle and Susan Richter, how are you? Tom Lavelle wants to hear about Smile Munden Jr. Uh, hey, Frank, Adam Francis. FAF, it's glad to be back. Uh, Matt Talley, how are you? Uh, Brian Marcoulier, how are you? Um, let me see whatever thing is popping in uh, YouTube land. Hope everybody on YouTube is having themselves a good night as well. And but we got a lot to get to get into now. So I guess the first thing I want to do is Mark Morris, how are you? Uh, Enrique Murillo, how are you? Uh, Darian Ford with the uh, pizza pineapples shout out. Man, you go back away, uh, Mr. Glover. How are you? Jonathan Gibbs, uh, looks like you're first. Colby Curry, uh, Mr. Fielden, how are you? Jamail Major. So uh, I guess the first thing we got to talk about is the top six that was dropped today by Marius Mims. If you guys noticed, today was his grandmother's birthday. He uh, used the platform of his final six to say happy birthday, Granny. That type of stuff from young men always really touches my heart. Uh, and then you also saw uh, it's really a month away from uh, Marius Men's Day when he will make his decision. So this would be his final six. And again, love seeing the uh, happy birthday granny in there. And let's just roll through them. Florida State, Alabama, Georgia, uh, Auburn, Oklahoma, Tennessee. If we were looking at that edit, like kind of a, remember that thing called the NCAA Final Four March Madness bracket? Uh, if I had to take some um, stakes or prop bets on Mims' prediction futures, probably go towards the right side of that edit rather than the left side of that edit. Um, but Mims is about ready to make his decision. That's very interesting. Uh, the one thing I wanted to make sure you guys had a chance is we had a conversation last week. Even though I was vacationing, I got a chance to speak to uh, Jamon Dumas-Johnson. That's the four-star Outside linebacker is what he's rated. He's going to be an inside linebacker for the University of Georgia. He's from St. Francis Academy in Baltimore, Maryland. And he had plenty of things to say and a lot of energy, a lot of appreciation for the fact that he's now a Georgia Bulldog. Let's take some time right now and uh, you guys get a little bitty taste. Now, the big story is going to be on dognation.com probably tomorrow, uh, maybe Friday at the latest. But right now, here's about three and a half minutes or so. Uh, this is that uh, recruiting guy for Dog Nation chatting with Jamon Dumas Johnson. What was the spark, I guess, when things you really started to give Georgia a really good look? Mm, uh, you know, it all starts with, um, oh, okay, so I got the offer. And then, uh, you know, uh, the Zoom call, the virtual, uh, the virtual meeting. I got him in uh -huh. with a couple coaches. And, uh, you know, I felt like I was Thank on you. campus when I was at home. So that's a big thing. If I can feel the energy and, like, feel the love from home, imagine if I really was there, it would feel, feel ten times better. And the way people, alumni from Georgia, always say it's like family, and you can always come back. It's like once a dog, always a dog. I really that really stuck with me. Not a lot of people, uh, not a lot of colleges say that. Not a lot of schools say that. So for Georgia, that was it. And then Coach Hugh, me and Coach Hugh have a really good relationship. 
Do you could you put your finger on what was the big, biggest single reason why you chose Georgia? Um. Sound like you had a bunch of sound like you had a bunch of really good reasons. Yeah, you know, I just said uh, the main point. The main one is like uh, you know, family. They they got your back, and uh, they were really, you know, they were all with, uh, you know, the school. They they told me about the school situation and the uh, football. But you know, football playoff, you need to know who will have your back on both sides of uh, the both sides of the course. You know, school school. I'm okay, but you know, sometimes. People just want you for the athlete. Someone sometimes they don't need the, the help you need. So that's pretty much the uh, the love and the family commitment thing in the school part, and how everybody how everybody come together, and you, we just, they just stick together. Javon, I think you've been you've been maybe silently committed to Georgia for a time before you released it yesterday. When did you tell the coaches you were coming, and what was that like? Um, when did I? Okay, I'm trying to find it out now. Oh yes, you you is correct. I did. Guys, uh, there you go, right there. You had uh, Jamon Dumas Johnson. There'll be more of that interview. There'll be more uh, more thoughts and words from him on the pages of DogNation.com uh, as well. But uh, you know, six one. All right, guys. Uh, about two thirty. Um, it's funny, little neat things about him is he has a twin brother. Um, he wears number six. He will be an early enrollee. There's such a thing in January of 2021, of course. Um, and it's funny. He's the young, he's him and his twin brother are the youngest two of seven brothers. And, uh, Jamon's older than his brother by about 17 minutes. Uh, but it was very interesting. You listen to him talk about how Georgia made him feel at home over a Zoom um, in his living room um, over Wi-Fi connections. Uh, he couldn't get that feeling with any other school, even with any other school when he was in person. Uh, he was visiting Florida on March the 7th, and he was set to go visit Georgia on March the 14th. And March the 14th, as we all know, would probably – we could probably call that maybe March the 12th, the uh, I guess I would say the really start to the coronavirus and the, uh, global pandemic across our country when things definitely were no, no longer as they seem. So uh, that's a good little introduction to Jamon Dumas Johnson. We'll have one of those next week with uh, um, Mr. Mitchell as well, the new wide receiver commitment that committed earlier this week as well. But um, the thing that you know, we got to jump into now is, you know, since the last time we, we chatted on a Wednesday night, we've had some, a flurry of activity on the commitment board. That's two new commitments. Georgia now has 13 commitments in the 2021 class. Uh, I believe that puts them at my last count, number 13 in the nation on the 24 seven sports team composite ratings. Uh, but let's go over haven't been a lot of changes on the commitment board since we last um, visited. Of course, Brock Vandegrift, still the highest rated commitment. Still the nation's number two uh, dual threat quarterback, uh, number three overall prospect. Those are all on the composite here. Um, the uh, next next highest commitment, guys, got to remember, Micah Morris out of Camden County, Kingsland, Georgia. Uh, number nine OT, number 57 overall. Uh, David Daniel out of Woodstock High comes next, number 74 overall. Lavassier Carroll, still the nation's number six running back, number 115 overall. We'll have some more about Daniel and Carroll a little bit later on during our online chat or tweets of the week type segments. Um, then you've got uh, Jonathan Jefferson, who stayed the same. Elijah Judy stayed the same. And then JDJ, Jamon Dumas Johnson, you see that name right there out of St. Francis Academy in Baltimore, Maryland. He comes in there at uh, number 14 outside linebacker, number 214 overall. Chas Chambliss flows next. Uh, and then it's uh, Adonai Mitchell uh, out of, uh, it says Antioch, Tennessee, but he's back in Texas now. He's a Texas boy that just moved to Tennessee for his uh, senior season of high school football, which was last year. Really intriguing thing I want to make sure you guys 
size up about uh, Mr. Mitchell, though, is it kind of reminds me of Brian Herring a little bit because Brian Herring was the it was that was the last time Georgia took a commitment from a guy who had already graduated high school. Mitchell's about six three, one ninety. He was a senior last year for the 2019 season, but then he reclassified to the 2021 class uh, so he can enroll early in January, focus on his body, focus on getting himself ready for college football. Um, so Georgia took a commitment from a high school graduate there in uh, Mr. Mitchell. And then uh, the final name on the board, Marlon Dean out of Elberton, Georgia. Um, that's what you have uh, right there. Um so the commitment board grew a little bit. Like I said, it moved Georgia up to number 13 overall. Uh, before we get into the kind of the second half or the next couple segments of our show, uh, now is a good time, as good a time as any to uh, be very appreciative and thankful for our great relationship we have with our fine partners at Kroger. Uh, I know you guys probably never get tired of hearing Brandon Adams talk, and you probably never get tired of hand, hearing Brandon Adams talk in only a 30-second soundbite burst, but – uh, that's what you got. We got another message from our uh, fine sponsor at Kroger, and you're going to hear the delicate vocal stylings of one Mr. Adams. Here you go. We'll get back to the show in just a moment, but first, a quick word from Kroger. Kroger has made shopping for the groceries and household essential items that you need even easier by offering free pickup. Just shop online, choose a pickup time convenient for you, and Kroger will carefully pick out your order and okay. bring it to your vehicle when you arrive. So the next time you're ready to shop at Kroger, take advantage of the free pickup. It's just another way that Kroger is fresh for everyone. All right, there you go. Never get tired of hearing that. Never get tired of hearing what's going on at Kroger. Um, kind of makes me a little bit hungry. Hear my, you might hear my stomach grumbling as we sit here and we uh, knock out some before the hedges while I've got you know Kroger on my mind right now. As you saw, we didn't give you maybe the full sample size. Uh, we had about 90 more seconds of the Jamon Dumas Johnson interview. I want to come back to that right now so you guys get to hear what I wanted to hear to kind of set up some more things kind of down the road with Jamon Dumas Johnson. We've got that, I believe, queued up right now in our control room. So I want you to hear a little bit more from JDJ. Uh, that's the another Bulldog out of the state of Maryland. Um, interesting little fun fact there. He is from the same hometown as Dijon Nugget Warren. We'll obviously mention that name a little bit later in our show, but both of those guys are from the same city in Maryland, and they do know each other. would be fortuitous if that worked out in Georgia's favor down the road. But like we said earlier, here's a little bit more from Jamon Dumas Johnson. The coaches, you were coming, and what was that like? Um, when did I? Okay, I'm trying to find it out now. Oh, yes, you, you is correct. I did finally commit to Georgia early. Um, you know how long ago that was? I committed to Georgia May, May 16th. Oh, man, wow. You held it in a long time. Was that just for your dad's birthday, right? Yes, sir. And if I'm correct, you know, Shoot a hole in this if I'm wrong, but didn't you, um, you know, you didn't visit Georgia, right? You've yet to visit Georgia. Is that correct? That's correct. Do you ever have to think to yourself, I mean, I've never been there, and yet it feels right. How did you figure that out and you were still good with it? Um, I mean, the things they said, not, not, but not only one, but not only from the head coach, but always down to the the uh, director or the recruiter process. The, the yeah. Um, yeah, the person. They all said the same thing in different ways, but they all said the same thing. Uh, like I said, they made mm. me feel at home from a virtual, from from a camera. <laughs> and I say, if they if they could do that from a camera. Imagine what they can do if I'm already there. Wow, that's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, funny comment I was just reading from Jacob O'Neill. Uh, Jacob has a uh, got me with some LOLs as well. Jacob says uh, BA always makes sure his voice is heard 
even when he's not live. That's the uh, gift that keeps on giving, I guess, which would be those uh, those syrupy uh, golden pipes of uh, one one Brandon Adams. So, um, you know, that was JDJ in a nutshell right there. Jamon Dumas Johnson really like this man. This is another one of those guys that's this young man. Another one of those guys that's purposeful, plays with passion, plays for a certain uh, a really dedicated reason. Um, it's got a heavy heart, uh, but also has a lot of uh, inspiring thoughts that are motivating him to excel. Um, and again, I don't know. If, you know we said earlier in the program, I'll just reiterate, been a silent commitment to Georgia since mid-May. I believe the date was May the 16th. Uh, so it was interesting how he uh, waited uh, until, I believe, July the 8th to let the world know that he was a bulldog as well. Um so, uh, first of all, I want to thank everybody for watching Before the Hedges. We've uh, been through a lot of things so far. We've talked about Amarius Mims. We've talked. To, we've had a really good three-and-a-half-minute interview or so with Jamon Dumas-Johnson. And now we roll on to um, one of the favorite por- – I'm sure everybody one of, ever- one of everybody's favorite portions of the program every week. That would be our Dog Nation Class of 2021 Top Targets. Let's take a look at that board right now. Uh, going to be some turnover, going to be some new names, I guess, to look at as well as uh, – you know, basically the Georgia class or the potential Georgia class uh, basically did a do to Tony Grimes with the decision he made. Um, and a couple other names that we are we've noticed from time to time. But uh, got a new name at number 13. I want to tell you guys about this young man from Tallahassee, Florida, Terry and Arnold. I think he has some of the best high school film I've ever seen from a defensive back. Very rare where you can go about 12 minutes on his tape and you can see kick returns. You can see offensive plays, defensive plays. He's got one of those films where you can basically, I call it, play roulette with film and just basically start the huddle play, start the huddle uh, video player, uh, basically start and stop it at random uh, moments. And you can find <coughs> a bona fide SEC ball player anywhere through all that. Uh, he is at number 13 this week. At number 12, you got Mason Smith. Everybody knows that that young man's name out of, <coughs> excuse me, Huma, Louisiana. It was, he was interesting. He was kind of teasing with some folks on social media about um, watching everybody reclassify to the 2020 cycle. He had teased that he was thinking about doing the same. That was definitely just a joke. I don't know how many of you guys saw that, but he is not planning to do that. Um, number 11 is Dijon Nugget Warren. We mentioned him earlier. Dijon recently named his top seven. Georgia was in there as well. Uh, number 10, a name that's moving down a little bit over the last couple of weeks is Terrence Ferguson out of Peach County. Terrence is going to make his decision known on July the 18th of all things. Um, man, I've been covering Terrence for quite some time. It seems like just yesterday that he and I were hanging out at Kiaris Johnson's house when Kiaris committed to Georgia way back in uh, 2017 in August of 2017. Um, you look at Terrence right there and, you know, he is a guy that's going to make his decision on July the 18th. I'll always remember that because um, July 18th is actually my birthday. And uh, for those of you, those of you that um, like me that have an occupation, it definitely doesn't guarantee you that you get your birthday off. Uh, that would be the case here because whenever news breaks, for a guy like me, that's when we've got to act. Um, number nine, Nylon Green, Newton High School out of Covington, Georgia. <laughs> You're going to see a little bit. It would be interesting to see how Georgia resonates with Nylon now with Tony Grimes out of the picture. I'm sure he'll feel a little bit more prioritized by the staff. Knowing that he would be one of the, you know, the top rated or the alpha targets now potentially being recruited by Georgia to join the class. With Nyland, you see a lot of um, Clemson and Auburn in the picture there as well. Number eight, he's down this week as well. Donovan Edwards, the ta- talented, <coughs> excuse me, the talented running back out of uh, West Bloomfield in Michigan. Uh, number seven, Xavier Sori Jr., IMG Academy. Uh, he's moving up again this week. The thing with Xavier was interesting. I noticed on his social media the other day that he put out that he's not going to make his decision known until. Uh, National Signing Day, and for him, that would be in December since he's at IMG Academy now and wants to enroll early in January as well. Uh, number six, a guy that's moved up quite a bit, continues to move up, Brock Bowers. I hope everybody saw the story from on Dog Nation about Brock. 
got to hang out at Mama's Boy. He fell in love with that big cinnamon roll all over again. He had breakfast at Mama's Boy with um, Chas Chambliss and Brock Vandegrift. Again, uh, Brock, Bandit, Brock Bowers came in uh, on his own dime again in the midst of a global pandemic, paid his own way out of pocket to check out Georgia again. Brock still wants to take a visit um, to Washington at the end of this month. We'll wait and see how all that comes together. Um, but you got to like Georgia's chances here because he's shown that uh, the, the effect, uh, the attraction is mutual considering what his family um, went through over the last week in order to come check out Georgia again. Um, also, Georgia fans have to be encouraged by the fact that Brock, ba- Brock Bowers hung out before he left Athens with Brock Vandegrift's family, but not necessarily Brock Vandegrift. They get this, the five-star quarterback was at his grandma's house, but uh, Brock Bowers hung out with uh, Greg Vandegrift uh, and his family, uh, that those families hung out uh, a little bit longer on uh, Saturday as well before he flew out, flew back out to California on Sunday morning. I believe that was a 9 a.m. flight on Sunday morning. Uh, number five, you got Tyrion Ingram Dawkins. He's teased on social media tonight that he will announce a brand new top five over the weekend. That would be interesting for that. If I had to. Uh, if I had to be show a little gamesmanship on that, I would think that maybe Alabama, uh, South Carolina, Tennessee, Georgia, um, maybe those are four of the five right there. It'd be interesting to see who's the fifth. Is it still North Carolina? Is it still South Carolina? Is Florida out of the picture? Um, is LSU in the picture? Uh, be interesting to see what happens there. Um, for Smile Munden Jr. out of Paulding County in Dallas, Georgia. Always a lot of noise on this young man. I don't, you know, there's a lot of reports. There's a lot of folks that feel like they have their sources and they're wired and plugged in on this thing. Um, you know, to me, I'll just be very simple. It's going to sound like the same things because I keep hearing the same things that um, to me, I think it's going to be a decision between Georgia and Auburn. Auburn has definitely made up some ground. Auburn has a great relationship uh, builder in Travis Williams there. There's, there's no doubt about that. Everybody member, remembers Travis Williams, Coach T. Will as being the guy that was a major factor in the Owen Popo uh, move to Auburn as well. Um, Schmile Munden Jr., inside linebacker. Um, rated as an outside linebacker, I have him here on the board as an inside linebacker as well. Um, Munden is a guy that, you know, I, I guess the, one of the things I want to say here about Munden is, sure, he's athletic. Sure, he's talented. I don't, I don't think Paulding County football gets quite the, the reputation it deserves because I talked to some coaches that play in that league, and they tell me it's not much different, the talent, the coaching, the level of play, except for maybe a player here and there, different than Cobb County football. Um, but, you know, Munden's a guy that, you know, he doesn't he, – he's not making the incredible play, play after play after play. Part of that, I'll, I'll go ahead and share a reason why I think so, is that that's because Shmile Munden Jr. is playing both ways on the jet sweep and also playing inside linebacker. He's only, you know, I think most people see a five-star and expect him to put up Roquan Smith-type numbers. Remember Roquan Smith, who would have, in some of his best games, 15, 20 tackles and also 150, 200 yards rushing. A little bit different to do that um, in the classification that uh, Shmile Munden Jr. is playing in. I've always um, sympathized with him and his decision, Walt, because he had always wanted to do it really late in the year to make sure all some of the other guys and his teammates got really good looks and he was going to drag it out. But, like, you know, very hard to do that now because obviously the pandemic has changed up a lot of that. Number three, you've got the five-star Corey Foreman out of Centennial, Corona, California. Uh, number two, Amarius Mims. We spoke about him earlier. He established his top six, uh, final six earlier today. And as retaining the number one spot again for at least one more week is uh, James Williams out of American Heritage in Plantation, Florida. You certainly hear a lot of uh, noise um, with um, Miami. You know, Ed Reed is now kind of the player personnel guy there for Manny Diaz in Miami. I just think Miami's got some infrastructure issues they're going to have to overcome, as well as having to win some games to eventually, you know, try to really snatch uh, James Williams away from Georgia. Uh, you know, Williams is a guy that's kind of been trending to Georgia for quite some time, but there's a movement down there in South Florida for whatever reason, maybe the pandemic, maybe the coronavirus or whatever, that 
a lot of those elite, you know, Broward, Dade County uh, kids want to stay home and want to play at home for the U. Just got a lot of difficulties there. I think Miami, maybe one of the one of the best things for Miami um, it, it, to really enhance their chances with a player like James Williams is I think they got to win nine or ten games, and that's going to be very hard to do with their schedule and with teams that they already have on their schedule, including um, the the bigger teams in the ACC that still have got their programs in a, in the ACC that still have their programs in a little bit better shape than Manny Diaz uh, so far during his early rebuild of the Hurricanes program. There you go. You've got the top targets again for another week. They've been updated as well. Um, you know, we I wanted to, to, to – I wouldn't call it a rant or soapbox moment, but I wanted to get into something um, – but I'm going to save that for a second because we got a bunch of tweets that I uh, that I uh, put together. I wanted you guys to see as well. I think the first one I want to show you guys um, is uh, there's a couple, but the first one I'm going to show you is video reel, and that's of David Daniel working out. That's the senior statesman, the elder statesman for Georgia in the 2021 recruiting class. Uh, look at David; you'll see him working out with Glenn Ford and. Um, uh, I dare you, which is a great group of DBs that work out together in the Atlanta area. Um, that program has been around for quite some time now. They've, they've got NFL guys that still train with I dare you, but look at David right here. It was fun. I had some interaction with his mother on social media. The big takeaway for me is, you know, David's physical. He's put together. He looks like an all SEC safety should when he's still in high school, but look at those hands right there. That's what's really amazing. And his mom told me that, um, when he was born, that's one of the first things that the, uh, the doctors in the delivery room pointed out was just the size of David's hands. And you look at him, you know, picking him up, putting him down, rotating, you know, moving around on the field right there. I mean, young man's got some very huge hands and, you know, this ain't work. It's a lifestyle. But look at that. See those hands? It almost looks like they're supersized. It almost looks like some Super Mario or, you know, you know kind of cartoonish type hands right there. He'll be able to get his hands on a lot of balls with that length and speed and agility um, during his time at uh, Georgia. Um, <laughs> Dennis Wilson on YouTube, he's uh, staking claim to a lot of uh, hurricanes. He feels that uh, uh, Williams is going to stay uh stay with his hurricanes it sounds like i think there's a you know one thing about those south florida kids is they usually take a long time before they finalize their decisions and also release them uh to the public um you know the next the next tweet i wanted to uh i wanted to to bring up is you know let's just go look at the other one uh, from david very interesting you see the you see uh the edit that georgia tweeted out about um you know, LeCount, and uh, Eric Stokes being award candidates for the Bednarik, I guess, in Thorpe. Um, you see uh, those two there, and it was funny how David replied to it and tagged Terry and Arnold, who's the new name on the list this week for top targets out of uh, John Paul uh, Catholic uh, High School in uh, Tallahassee, Florida. But uh, David made the connection that that could be those two uh, one day during their time at Georgia as well. And I think that's that's not a reach. Those guys both have that uh, definite ability. The thing I like about Arnold, and I don't know, we'll probably get into this later in a Dog Nation story soon, but he has offers uh, to play basketball from some schools in the SEC, but those are sort of gimmicky where, yeah, he has an offer, but the, if he comes to play football, he would count towards the football scholarship, but then play uh, basketball as well. Got about a 40, 42-inch vertical, got great ball skills. As I said said earlier, I do love that film. I do love that film a great deal. Um, let's look at uh, Mr. Mitchell. That was the recent commitment on Monday. Everybody saw that it looked to me like there was a little bit of a leak or was the edit ready. But, you know, the hometown paper in uh, Nashville, the Tennessean, reported on Sunday that, uh, that uh, he had committed to Georgia. But, um, you know, you didn't kind of get like some of the normal things besides the things you hear when you keep your ear to the ground. But you didn't hear kind of uh, the normal things from Madonna. 
uh, I, I don't know about, you know, where was the go dogs tweet? Where was the retweet from Cortez Hankton? Where was the edit that usually comes out, which is kind of standard operating procedure. And then you saw all those things happen on a very great new day for uh, news for Georgia on Monday when they got the JT Daniels news along with their first wide receiver commitment in the class as well. Um, that would be uh, Mr. Mitchell. And, you know, he had, he had been kind of committed to Ole Miss, but it was a flip, I guess, if you could call it that. But he even said that he had decommitted from uh, Ole Miss quite some time ago. Uh, he committed to Ole Miss in April, uh, LSU, I believe, Virginia Tech, Auburn, Georgia. Ole Miss were his final five when he released them. A uh, couple more things I want to show you. Uh, we've already seen the um, – We've already seen the uh, the commitment video from Jamon Dumas Johnson. A lot of that was uh, what we put together with the the package where you you saw our interview right there. I want to show you another thing that you got to think about here, and that's Cedric Washington, the 2022 prospect out of Cedartown High School in Cedartown, Georgia. Um, he wears number 27 for Cedartown. He works out with Nick Chubb. I tell you what, this young man, he is all about his business, kind of like anybody that would hang out with Nick Chubb. He's a class of 2022 prospect, but you have to admire his, um, uh, I guess his efficiency is the best way I can describe it. Um, he names the top three uh, in a time when everybody else is naming top 12, top 15, top eight, top six. And they're in the 2021 class, much less the 2022 class. And CJ, C.J. Washington uh, names the top three, and then he decides he's going to make his decision known on July the 22nd. And I think the best things I can tell with you about tell you about C.J. Washington are it's Tennessee and it's LSU and it's Georgia. But uh, this is a guy that works out with Nick Chubb, and they, those two do not spend a lot of time taking weight, taking plates off the bar back and forth. Um, because I tell you, C.J. Washington is a very, very um, talented, explosive, twitchy athlete. You saw him dominate the elite uh, sophomore classic uh, back last January. Um, C.J. Washington is very uh, is a very interesting prospect. Going to make his decision on July 22nd as well. Uh, another another uh, neat little, uh, guess, I guess, Twitter account. It's called Recruit Analytics, where what they do is they've got an algorithm. They've got some proprietary technology where they they look for um, huddle highlight films where there's a lot of straight distance running where the recruit picks up speed and, and just basically uh, takes off with not having to weave a lot or not a lot of impediments in the way. And because of that, sure, they got some slide rulers and some math involved in that and some parabolas or whatever. But what they do is they're able to give a miles per hour for how fast some of these young men are going. And you see uh, this one here from Lavoisier Carroll. I believe he gets up to 18.5 or 18.6. He's one of those rare high school recruits, they say, in this tweet right here, I believe, that um, who has timed a, a 10-second 100 meters, which means he's somewhere in the 10 seconds in the 100 meters. I think I think Lavoisier is around a 10.6 guy, 10.5 guy. Uh, but he's also reached 20 miles per hour or more in those kind of um, algorithms where they're able to gauge how fast that guy's running through his game film, through his highlight tapes as well. Very interesting there. I think I'm going to leave you with two more tweets. Um, both of those are going to be from Brock Vandegrift. Uh, the first one from Brock Vandegrift is uh, Brock taking a uh, it's that tweet that you saw with um, with Brock about um, Georgia's kind of biggest targets. And it was funny. Brock tweeted out uh, he had, he had Xavier Sori on there. He had uh, James Williams. He had uh, who else was on there? Uh, Mr. Mitchell was on there as well. Mitchell was on there. Uh, a lot of Georgia's really heavy hitters. Um, the biggest remaining targets for Georgia in the class. Those guys were there. Um, and Brock was kind of just, you know, sharing that edit with some of the bigger bigger remaining targets and names in the class. That was very interesting to see. And then you also saw uh, another tweet from that we collected for you guys this week from Brock Vandegrift as well. I think this was him giving another shout-out to uh, to uh, Marius Mims on his decision earlier uh, this week. 
you see there you got Smile Munden Jr., Marius Mims, Brock Bowers, of course. Um, it would be Brock to Brock if both of those guys wound up at Georgia um, completing uh, touchdown passes to one another. And the second one is basically the rallying cry that I think Glenn Schumann started recently with the JDJ commitment where it was about them dogs are heating up and you see Brock with the traditional dog emoji, but also his traditional wave emoji that he's always had on his social media as well. So those are some of the the tweets that we thought were of, of high interest for you guys to check out over the last week. Um, you know, the one other thing I wanted to touch on today and, you know, your questions, go ahead and populate them, fill them up to fill up the board with all those. And I'll be glad to get to them because we'll, we'll save about, you know, the last four or five minutes of the program. We'll park for your questions. Um, we'll rip through as many as we can, but, you know, little brief soapbox moment. I think I, if you guys, uh, hang out on the dog nation forum, you've probably gotten the gist of what I'm about to say, but, you know, I think a, a lot of things, uh, and maybe it's because I, I, the Georgia fan base is kind of spoiled with what they've seen Kirby smart do over the years, but man, um, I, I, I don't know whether it's vinegar. I don't know whether it's people, you know, looking at Ferguson and seeing things or hearing things about Munden. Um, just want to reiterate that, you know, to me, this was probably the best week of news for Georgia football in quite some time. You had Bowers coming out on his own dime. You, you had uh, JT Daniels getting uh, immediately eligible. I think that now becomes a heck of a race for uh, the quarterback job at the University of Georgia. And I don't even know who I would say is going to end up winning that one if we had to throw stakes down on it and try to figure out uh, who that would be. Because both of those guys are extremely talented. I think the thing with Daniels, you got to tell me, is how much is Todd Munkin going to incorporate the RPOs and the quarterback run into the offense? Or is it going to look a lot like maybe some more of his air raid systems that he had at Tampa Bay or Oklahoma State or Southern Miss? Because if that's the case, without a, a few new Georgia wrinkles or whatever, then a guy like uh, JT Daniels to me seems tailor made for that because. In my opinion, JT Daniels can spin the ball and deliver the football as well as any quarterback in the SEC, period, um, coming in. And, uh, you know, there's a reason why he was rated so highly. Uh, and, again, you know, you, you've seen Jamie Newman, seen what he can do, certainly going to has the potential to do amazing things for the University of Georgia as well. But you're talking about a guy in JT Daniels that probably, if we had to put together the best-looking quarterback prospects over the last 10 years – I think JT Daniels' name might show up around three, four, five at the lowest. Uh, the best uh, quarterbacks over the last quarterback prospects over the last maybe five, six years. Um, that's how good JT Daniels is, and it will be interesting to see how all that plays out. But uh, kind of one of the the one I wanted to, to to reiterate was like you know, I just wanted you guys probably. You know, I, I call it perspective is a pretty big thing in this life where sometimes you got to pay attention to kind of what's going on around you. You see Georgia picking up a commitment from a young, splendid receiver in Mitchell who's 6'3", 190, who has great moves, runs great routes. To see the discipline in the way he runs his routes, the way um, he sinks his hips for his breaks, you can tell he's been very well trained. Uh, you can see he played quarterback for his high school team last year as well. Um, and, you know, Mitchell's a name that, you know, heck, there's a lot of receivers Georgia's went after. Mario Williams, Jaden Thomas, Deion Colsey, Malcolm Jet Johnson, Marcus Burke, a lot of names like that. But first commitment, um, which was definitely prioritized, would be uh, the young man that obviously I'll, I'll, I'll be very clear. He did not make a, our, our top targets list. Um, he was a name that you just always kind of heard something about. and You just wanted to see what eventually would, would happen there. Um, but now seeing as how he is a commitment and seems like, uh, I don't think Georgia is going to take, but one more receiver at the most. And to me, it probably sounds to me like that might be Malcolm Johnson jr. Or Marcus Burke, one of those two guys right there, two names to think about right there. But, um, you just see a lot of great things happening for Georgia after no traction, after really nothing happening all the previous month. And, You've got a lot of great news happening for Georgia right now, and I think I want to make sure you guys don't don't lose sight of all that. I mean, I think some folks think that maybe sometimes a reporter for Dog Nation's job is to be a sunshine pumper, but 
I think here's the case where I've got to make sure you guys don't miss the big picture, which is Georgia had some very good things happen lately and probably have a lot more very good things to come as well. Soapbox, the Centel Soapbox. I don't usually get to that, but uh, I just wanted to add that bit of perspective. Maybe it was because I'd been away for you know a vacation and hadn't gotten to talk to you guys recently and didn't really know how a lot of you guys were thinking, uh, except maybe the ones I interact with on a daily basis on the Dog Nation forum as well. All right, guys, you've heard me talk. Now I'm going to look at your questions and I'm going to see uh, we'll see what we can get to. And I'd love to hear uh, what you guys are love to hear what you guys are thinking about right now as well. got Noah Sheldon talking about some uh, reminiscing of the 2014 class and the 2017 classes. Uh, yeah, Mark Boris, I, I really mean that. I am very, very uh, impressed with that. Uh, I, I tell you, I, I told this story on the uh, Dog Nation forum, but guys, there was a week where um, Trevor Lawrence was out there in San Antonio for the Ar- U.S. Army All-American Bowl when it was still the U.S. Army All-American Bowl. And uh, so was JT Daniels. And JT Daniels was the guy that was the late reclassified. And what is the number one overall prospect for the 19 class, but reclassified and became another 2018 quarterback. And folks, I wasn't the only one that felt this way. I was the only one that said this. Most people thought that JT Daniels threw the ball as well as anybody there in Texas that week. And that included one Trevor Lawrence as well. Um very impressed. And, you know, there's the thing with his knee. Is his knee ready? You know, you hear things that, you know, maybe his knee's not all the way back yet. He needs to work on his mobility a little bit more. But the guy can really spin the football. And uh, the mobility is going to be something to think about there. But I think the main thing, and a lot of people touched on it when that story broke nationally, is you're going to see Georgia going to have at least two or three capable quarterbacks where the way they had to protect their calls and to protect their quarterback last year with just Jake Fromm and not a lot of, you know, championship level quarterbacks behind him. Um, Georgia had to kind of pick its spots and, you know, Fromm wasn't very mobile to begin with, but you throw the name Dwan Mathis in there, you throw the name Carson Beck in there and wow, Georgia's got some really strong quarterbacks to look at for the next, uh, when practice goes down, I think we've got basically, um, maybe about 28 days until practice will actually start if it stays on schedule with everything going on across our world. But um, Georgia's quarterback room will be definitely different and uh, be very interesting. You hear a lot of great things about Dewan Mathis as well. And, man, wouldn't it be funny if Dewan Mathis becomes the guy that, you know, you see players bring him up from time to time. Don't forget about that guy on their social media. But, you know, Dwan was a sub 1100, uh, six, four can throw the ball. He had a great off season. Heard a lot of glowing reports about how well he spin the ball back in, you know, December, January, February. Um, wouldn't it be something if, uh, Dwan Mathis becomes the quarterback that, um, maybe that everybody thought was, was going to be somebody else. Um, Thomas has a question, uh, he wants to know, who do I think uh, – do I think Georgia will run a lot of quarterback draws? I think that would be the look if they bring in uh, J- – if Jamie Newman's your starter. You saw Newman at Wake Forest last year, and who's to say that Munkin will do a lot of the things that um, Newman did well last year for Wake Forest. But you know, a lot of the, the runs for uh, Newman were design runs and design run calls. It, weren't, it wasn't him you know, extending a play or escaping the pocket. But really, when you look at a lot of – Newman's film when he was throwing the ball downfield he wasn't leaving that pocket he was going to take some he was going to take some shots but he was going to stand in there and deliver it and fire that ball downfield he wasn't um really giddy or excited about you know showing off his legs he wanted to show that he was a pocket quarterback um 
Let me see. I'm having some trouble picking up Facebook. Let me see if I can resurrect it one more time. Uh, get some questions. I always want to take care of you, you folks on Facebook. Um, what'd you guys think of the interview with Jamon Dumas Johnson? Were you guys as impressed with him as I, as I was? Uh, oh man, we got some good, uh, Facebook questions. I'm glad I reloaded that. Uh, Cal folds. I think Barrett Carter is going to stay at Clemson. Um, my reading of that situation is Barrett was more of the catalyst for Hancock, uh, to Clemson than vice versa. I think Hancock will probably wind up at Ohio State. It was funny. Hancock, as I was told this story, he had like almost Ohio State bed sheets and video game controller skins all picked out by the time he, uh, when he decided not to choose Ohio State, but then went with Clemson. Uh, uh, John Benton wants to know about biggest remaining position of need. For me, I think uh, I think Georgia's got to get um, I think Georgia's got to get uh, at least one running back. They need to. I think Mims is a, a big, huge remaining target. You got to remember they've got to do a lot at cornerback. With Tony Grimes moved out, uh, and, and folks, who knows what's going to happen here? Is like if there's no season, if there's no season until the spring, uh, which doesn't really seem as big of a possibility as some might think. Uh, you know, what What does that mean with DJ Daniel? What does that mean with Tyson Campbell? What does that mean with Mark Webb? What does that mean with Eric Stokes? Are all those guys just going to go pro? Um, you got to remember that Georgia definitely needs corners. I think at least one or two elite corners is probably um, the, one of the best reloads for Georgia in 2021, including uh, an elite, another elite inside linebacker. I know everybody likes to think, you know, Barrett Carter, uh, you know, Shmile Munden, uh you got to remember, uh, Tresman Marshall, uh, Ryan Davis, Nicobe Dean, Georgia did sign a lot of uh, inside backers in the 2019 class. There'll still be eligibility um, to think about there with um, Quay Walker and uh, Channing Tindall, I believe, as well. Uh, maybe not 21 and 2021 season and 2022 season, but be very interesting in the name Prince Collie uh, cannot forget the name Prince Collie as well. Either recently established his top five and uh, Georgia was in there as well. A um, lot of questions, a lot of questions. Uh, let me see. Man, guys, it is very hard to keep up with your questions tonight. Uh, Chuck Pearson makes a statement that Trouble Davis is going to be good. Yeah, I remember him. And he should be back from that knee injury as well. Um, Philip Jordan Wells, PJW. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big TA guy. I'm a big uh, Terry and Arnold film as well, and I see a lot of that. Um, James Crump. I, I don't know about that. Uh, I don't know about that uh, with Carson Beck. Uh, don't know about that. You know, James, with Carson, and I guess with, I, I think for Dwan, and I think for Brock Vandegrift, and I think for uh, um, Car- Beck, Vandegrift, and Mathis, I think the way I look at it might be a little bit different than most. I look at it, as the fact that JT Daniels can play right away means he might only spend one season at Georgia. Let's, let's look at this for a second. Let's say JT Daniels is all that. Um, he plays a lot. Maybe Georgia incorporates some sort of Chris Leak, Tim Tebow hybrid type rotation. And they both look very good. They both play very well. Um, I think if JT Daniels has about six, seven games, a really good film doesn't need the 2021 season or if he's playing right away then it maybe this definitely takes away the need for him to maybe come back for 2021 depends on who wins that battle between him and jamie newman but um you know jamie newman doesn't have more than one season left at georgia um jt daniel should he win the job and play like his let me see 165 high school touchdowns uh 
and 16 interceptions and, what, 12,000 yards in three seasons. He plays like that. Um, Georgia would Georgia's quarterback room would kind of look like it is this year where the guy no, nobody has a leg up on anybody else in terms of playing time returning. Um, interesting way to, to look at that as well. Um, make sure I can rip through a lot more of your questions. Uh, uh, Jermaine Dunbar, I would bet on a thousand yard receiver this year. I think that would be George Pickens. I would think you would have another receiver right around 750, 800 yards as well. Uh, let me see. Lots of lots. You know, how do you guys feel about that? Do you guys just want to see one quarterback in the rotation? I think it's um, – I mean, you, you've got to sit there and look at it and say that Georgia has the best quarterback room in the SEC – you're telling me, folks, I know I'm speaking to a Georgia choir here, but um, you can't tell me that you would um, prefer, uh, you know, Florida's quarterback, Kyle Trask. You can't tell me that guy's better than uh, JT Daniels. You can't. I mean, whoever's manipulating his offense, fine, but calling the plays, you know, Dan Mullen has that reputation. But uh, the weapons that uh, the Georgia quarterback will eventually have are, are pretty much staggering. Um, to go along with all that arm talent. Uh, Mike Anderson um, brings up the name MJ Morris. Uh, everybody's asking a couple questions about Gunnar Stockton uh, as well. Uh, you know, let's, I like to do some interactive uh, hedges before we go. Um, tell me this. Who do you who do you think uh, wins the job? Uh, JT Daniels, uh, Jamie Newman, or the field? You can call it wild card. Maybe that's Beck. Maybe that's uh, Mathis. I want to know what everybody thinks. Do you have a prediction about maybe who wins the job coming out? But then who plays the best football under center for Georgia in 2020? Love to see what everybody has to say about that. You know, I can see, uh, you know, Newman, very talented, big guy, um, ran for 500 yards or so last year for Wake Forest. I can see Newman being a very big factor in the Alabama game plan or the LSU game plan or the Florida game plan as well. Um, Mark Morris thinks it's Newman. Uh, you know, you know. let me just make sure you guys have a lot of data. I want to make sure you know the whole Newman file here so you can kind of pontificate as best you can. So uh, Newman came out the same time Jacob Eason did. Uh, Newman was, uh, I believe, a three-star quarterback. Wasn't an Elite 11 guy. Um, I remember looking back at his high school teams. Those weren't playoff teams. Um, maybe you've had a losing season or two, but with his skill set, and this was in North Carolina, maybe middle of the road classification-wise high school football, he wasn't leading his team to eight, nine win seasons, or you know some some of those years I didn't see him make, see that his team make the playoffs, or maybe made the playoffs for just one game. Uh, so you saw that, and then he goes to I mean, you could say a lot of things. There. You could say a didn't have the pieces around him. Um, B, maybe he wasn't so highly rated in the same year that Jacob Eason came out because he didn't have a quarterback guru working with him or he didn't go to a lot of those um, camps to get the polish. And it definitely a quarterback prospect needs to have at this time. So those, a couple of those things can be explained. But then really um, Newman doesn't play at all at Wake Forest until his redshirt junior year. And that's only after, you know, let's go back to that 2018 season. That was his redshirt sophomore year, excuse me. And um, he, uh, he'd he been in the program 2016, 2017, 2018. And he was beat out by a true freshman, Sam Hartman. You guys will remember that true freshman because he was in the Justin Fields QB1 series. And Hartman beat him out. And uh, Newman didn't play until, I believe it was an injury, 
Now, let's face it. When Newman got on the field, he, he had a great game against NC State. He performed well. He put up numbers. He showed off that NFL arm talent. But you know, there's a lot of things there when you start looking at the Newman picture and you want to go, hmm, interesting. Um, you know, you just can't take all oh, the NFL guys or the pro football focus guys say this and that. And he's maybe the number four quarterback prospect in next year's draft. You got to look at the body of work there as well. And you got to see where he was when at Wake Forest, when he lost a lot of his weapons late last year as well. So, you know, there's a lot to look at there, but I think Newman, um, given everything that he brings to the table, athletically, the arm, the players he'll have around him, he's certainly poised to have, um, 25, 30% uptick in all of his best production so far that he ever enjoyed at Wake Forest. And I think if Georgia fans can see that, they would be giddy um, at that uh, at that proposal. I think the main thing, a lot of people keep bringing it up, but I mean, that's, I think the thing for me is that you gotta, you gotta, the, the X factor is Newman's legs and how much is Georgia going to run him? How much can they run him? Do they need to run him? They'd have the luxury of running in now because they'd have a capable all-NCC type backup behind them. So I think that would be very interesting, uh, how much uh, Newman's legs allow Georgia to diversify the offense, make the run game better, make Zamir White better, make uh, Kendall Milton better, make uh, James Cook better. You know, I, I finally catch myself just getting a little giddy trying to think about all this, even though uh, the possibilities are there, that are still ahead of us in our world with um, – What's happening with the coronavirus? Um, Thomas has a question. He wants to know what was the actual reason Daniels got eligibility. Uh, I think a lot of the, for me, I think that one of the ways I look at it is he sat out his whole, the, the whole 2019 season with an injury. So if the NCA wanted him to now sit out another year for the transfer, that's really not in the best interest of the student athlete for the young man to sit out back to back seasons of college football. So that's one of the, one of the main reasons I think why JT Daniels got the approval. You know, I, I think, you know, one of the things I want to make sure that I, that I look at a lot is it's not just who has the better arm or who's going to make those shots over the field, throw the ball over the middle of the field. It's the guy that's the better deliverer of the football, the guy that puts the ball on guys. Um, I mean, I know everybody, you know, Jake Fromm is now Buffalo Bill, but if you could ever find some of Jake Fromm's best quarterback play with um, elite receivers, two or three all SEC level receivers, guys as good as Cager, J.J. Holloman, George Pickens, Dominic Blaylock, but yet, you know, whatever you want to say about Fromm's arm, you want to, you know, give him a little bit more mustard in that arm, and which is what a guy like Daniels will have. And um, a bigger arm, same accuracy, same touch, same understanding of the offense. I think you're starting to put together a lot of big things right there. Um, so, guys, it's been before the hedges, man. I hope I've been able to answer a bunch of your questions. Really just wanted to hang out and talk Georgia football with all you guys. Um. No, Jermaine Dunbar, did I get you laughing? What did I say? Uh, what did I say? What did I, what did I have you saying about elite there? Who are we talking about there with elite? Um, I hope that, uh, now hold on now, hold on. Somebody saying I'm only saying bad things about Newman and all good things about JT. You got to listen closely, guys. Number one, I, I mentioned JT's mobility. I mentioned the fact that um, he, he's not quite all the way back there yet. Um, it's been a year of rust since he played college football. Um, doesn't have any sort of level of timing with the receivers that you know maybe Newman was able to enjoy and Beck was able to enjoy as well. But. Um, Lots of stuff to like about both of these young men. And I think it, this is the Georgia football uh, program in a nutshell. It's going to be figured out on the field, and it's going to be figured out uh, um, through competition, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. Practice field will figure it out. May the best man win. And when the best man wins, 
Georgia's going to have themselves a very stinking good quarterback. Uh, anyway, guys, been another great Before the Hedges. I've been your uh, tour guide, uh, Jeff Sintel, for all of it tonight. I want to thank everybody for stopping by. I want to thank everybody for uh, joining us. Do appreciate the relationships we continue to have with our fine partners at Kroger. Hope you guys enjoyed a lot of the things we shared today. Hope you guys remember to check out our podcast as well. Um, there's another uh, cover four tomorrow, I believe. Um, but also, I uh, hope you enjoy uh, Before the Hedges on podcasts. You can find it on Spotify. You can find it on SoundCloud. And you can also find it on the uh, iTunes and the Apple iOS podcast platform as well. From Jeff Sintel and all of Dog Nation, uh, from all of Dog Nation, let me rewind that. I'm Jeff Sintel. Good hanging out with you guys again. Missed you guys a little bit. Hope you guys learned a little bit about Georgia recruiting or at least got to uh, kind of look at things kind of the way I do and get my sense of the way things are coming together for the 2021 class down the track. Do appreciate another chance to hang out with you guys and talk all things Georgia football and Georgia recruiting. And we'll see everybody again on the pages of dognation.com. Have a good night, everybody. Let's go. I'm a bulldog. So Georgia, who won't pick it? I love the family atmosphere and the way they handle business. Education is important. Trying to reach the next level. I want the best in life. I never settle.